Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Covenant Technology, Biodesign Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Friday morning to you, Southern Middle Tennessee. This is your Friday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yow, joined by Maurice Patton, as always, J.P. Plant on the board over here. And we are having a fantastic Friday morning, folks. It is, it is a really good day here in the... WKOM Studios, and why don't you tell us a little bit why it's such a good day, Mo? Well, it's a good day for a number of reasons. One, it's a good day because um, our esteemed board operator, producer, engineer, making it all happen, J.P. Plant, delivered some Jack's Biscuits this morning. Boom! The big homie Sorry, coming Sarah. through. Sorry, sir. <laughs> Two, it's a good day because um the big H to you. The, oh, I'm sorry, the big H, the big H. Um, two, it's a good day because it it's a great day to clinch the National League championship for a certain team. Oh, yes, not necessarily it is. in that order, by the way. Yeah, it, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Also, we got high school football all night tonight, which means that as great as today's going to be, tonight's going to be. I got a feeling. Uh, well, <laughs> it's you know the high school football part is great. It's the after the high school football part that you know we're up till three in the morning making sure that you guys have full coverage of all the local high school games. Uh, you know, we, you wake up to it. It's kind of like Christmas. It, it really you, is. When you wake up and Santa's been to the house. Where you wake up and you go to sm tnsportscom dot com and. You can it's see. not Santa, but somebody's delivered some high school football coverage. Yeah, and, and you can read full stories, stats, photo galleries, all kinds of great stuff. It'd be nice if somebody leave us some cookies and milk, but, you know. <laughs> telling you. Anyway. Um, man, so it, on top of that, we had a couple of teams punch their ticket to the state. Uh, it's a good night. <laughs> we had a couple of teams punch their ticket to the state volleyball tournament last night as Summertown and Loretto got sub-state, sectional, whatever wins. <laughs> Sweet 16. I mean, those are the final 16 yep. teams in the state at that point. So, uh, yeah, Summertown at home in the Class A sectional sub-state defeated Hickman County three games to none, um, 25-16, 26-24, 25-10. So, the defending Class A state champions are back in the state Final Eight. They'll be joined by Lawrence County rival Loretto, which defeated Harpeth in Kingston Springs last night. 
three to one. They won 25-21, 25-21, dropped the third game set, whatever it is. Uh, I get confused with volleyball. But they lost that one 17-25, and then they came back with a 25-20 win to, as Chris said, punch their ticket. So um, state volleyball tournament for Class A starts Tuesday. Those games will all, including the state championship on Friday, be played at Stewart's Creek High School. So those are the two teams that got through. Yeah, unfortunately for some other folks, uh, Summit Volleyball lost in five sets to Station Camp. At Station Camp, yeah. They were at Station Camp as the runner-up in their district, and um, unfortunately... That, uh, you know, it's unfortunate for Summit, but you have to you have to understand this is the first time they've ever made it this far into the postseason. So a very good season. Great job by Warren Riker and those those kids, uh, Destiny Cherry and the like. Got Summit's to, only going to get better. Yeah, they got off to a great start in that, in that game, in that matchup, um, winning their first game set 25-20, and I'm sure kind of – Stunning the home team there a little bit. Dropping the next two, 25-21, 25-20, but staved off elimination with a 25-16 win before falling 15-12 in that penultimate fifth game. Yeah. And also falling last night in their season ending was Columbia Central Soccer. They went down to Winchester, and uh, Franklin County got a 6-0 win. In that one, Franklin County will play Shovelville tomorrow night. Correct. For, for the Shub- district title. Yeah, Shovelville defeated Coffee County. Franklin County um, wins 6 nothing in the district semifinals there. So both Franklin County and Shelbyville will advance into Region 4 AAA play next week with tomorrow's game deciding who hosts. There you go. We've got a great show lined up for you. In the next segment, we have Brian Barrett from WGNS coming on to talk a little bit about Rutherford County high school football and more. Also, later in the hour, we'll tell you about, obviously, all of the ways that you can hear or see local high school football tonight, much of it being right here. And then the next hour, we're going to talk a little bit about Braves baseball and, of course, college football. It's it's Friday, so college football is on the horizon, and we will talk about that in hour number two again Great show lined up. Really excited when we uh, when we get to the Braves baseball part. Um, you're just going to have to understand the excitement level is going to be pretty high. <laughs> so, fair, fair warning. Fair warning. Yep. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. We'll get Brian Barrett on the line. If you want to, give us a shout, 931-381-1017. You can give us a call, shoot us a text. That's 931-381-1017. Phone lines are open. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us a little bit about what you expect from high school football this week. When we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. 
Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. 20 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock, and we are talking high school football this morning. As always. And you can't talk about high school football in the mid-state without talking about Rutherford County and the several dominant teams they have in the area, obviously including that Oakland team who is taking on Riverdale. And that game can be heard on WGNS. And joining us right now from WGNS is Brian Barrett. Brian, welcome in. Hey, glad to uh, be here. Uh, you know, sports in the morning, man. I gotta get up, get at it here. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling us it's uh, it was it was definitely a a, a struggle in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Makes for a long day for sure, does it not, Mister Barrett? You know, uh, when I heard JP, it's like, okay, is it morning? Is it afternoon? What day is it? You know, so yeah, long, long days and uh, long weekend, really, you know, and we have uh, Middle Tennessee sports on our radio station. So in any given year from August to May, we'll have about 300 games and shows. So that's why you make the big bucks. Well, if you can find them, they're (laughs) hidden here somewhere. (laughs) Um. Number one, Oakland travels to number five, Riverdale tonight. No big deal, right? You know, it's just another little battle of the borough, this oldest rivalry in the city. And, you know, it's been going on since 1974. And uh, first two years they couldn't play because they thought there'd be too many fights. So that kind of tells you about this rivalry, I think. <laughs> and and 40-plus years later, there's probably the same concern, huh? <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah, there, there's, uh, there's definitely um, uh, rivalry component to this one being the oldest one. But you know, all the schools have, you know, Riverdale has has Blackman as 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 a big rival, and Oakland has Siegel. And you know, different sports means you know maybe some of those rivalries in one year or the or or a different year is not as dominant. But uh, Oakland is going for the series tie in terms of the longest win streak that belongs to Riverdale here in this series from 01 to 07. They won nine in a row and uh, a win tonight by Oakland would make it uh, nine in a row for the Oakland Patriots in this series, which Riverdale leads 32 to 19. So, you know, Riverdale has a lot of things where they've dominated in, in, in this series and a lot of long streaks, uh, Gary Rankin era, uh, Phil Watts era, who the uh, stadium is being renamed after tonight at Riverdale. So 
a lot of cool things going on with that. But Oakland definitely has has dominated here in recent years. And it's funny you said that Riverdale has had won nine straight from '01 to '07. The math doesn't necessarily add up there. There's some playoff matchups in there as well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know some really interesting playoff matchups uh, in there. Um, you know that that was it was not until that time when this series actually um, had teams play in the playoffs against each other, and um, you know some some really good ones. I can. I can remember, I guess, 1998 um, was was the one where Riverdale edged Oakland in the regular season, 31-28. Oakland came back and, and won in the playoffs, 26-7, uh, to and then went on to win a state championship under Marty Uverard. So, you know, uh, the, the, the winner of this game, and I think this year, the winner of this game really sets themselves in a position to make a long playoff run um, come next month. It's interesting you say the winner of this game uh, because Oakland has just been so impressive and so dominant all this year. What do you feel like Riverdale needs to do to be the winner of this game? Well, um, you know, this has been, and, and Coach Creasy at Oakland has, has mentioned, you know, this is the team that, that Riverdale has been grooming. They've They've, they've been on the, the cusp last year, uh, they almost beat Blackman, uh, you know, to, to get into a position with Oakland later in the season. That didn't happen, but they always were kind of pointing to this year's team. Uh, their, their defense is much improved. Um, I think you got to do the, the, the big things here, you know, not turn the ball over and, you know, keep Oakland from keeping the ball away from you. I mean, they do that so well. They just uh, grind it out. And they have so many weapons. Um, I, I do think this. Like what you hear? No. Get ready for this. You know, Oakland must be for real again. Not that, that they haven't been. Kevin Creasy hasn't lost a region game. So how can you bet against them until somebody knocks them off? And you look at these scores that Oakland has put up. I mean, they have not scored fewer than. 37 points in that win over Brentwood all season. Um, and offensively in particular, they, they are really getting it done. Well, you've got Antonio Patterson, who uh, going into tonight's game has uh, 677 uh, rushing yards. Jordan James, 469. Victor Stevenson, always a threat. Uh, Crutchfield, you've got three kids over 100 yards rushing so far uh this year i mean you and they just have so many weapons they throw so many kids out there at you um you know you know they always keep fresh legs and uh get good quarterback play from ian schlachter and uh when they put victor stevenson back there in wildcat formation it's like you know he's going to get the ball so how do you stop him and people have a hard time stopping that cat too so um i tell you that they're just um and and defensively they take pride in, in getting those three and outs and getting their offense back out there, you know. And um, I, I I don't know how you deal with them. <laughs> Brian, you talk about that win streak for Oakland. None of these games in the past eight years have been particularly close. And this particular Oakland team this year has, as Mo just said, been putting up points by the dozens but also they've only given up 55 points this year. Yeah. This defense is as good as 
we've seen in in, in the recent memory. Yeah, Ethan uh, McLaren, uh, McLaurin rather, uh, the the leading tackler on the on the team, and um, all of his friends seem angry when they get to the football. You know, <laughs> Colby Manning does a great job. Uh, Edward Willis. Uh, McGee, it just really starts there on that front line, really, for them. Um, and if you're going to run the football against Oakland, you, you've got to you've got to be prepared to try to get a wedge somewhere. And that and it's hard to find a chink in the armor of that defensive line of Oakland. You know, Brian, you talked about the weapons that Oakland has offensively. And, and um, Chris and I have talked, you know, with that wing T offense that Oakland runs, it's been you know kind of touted as the great equalizer offensively you can you can be successful with not necessarily the greatest athletic talent just because of that scheme when you run that scheme with superior athletes it's almost unfair is it not Brian Hey Brian, you still with us? I uh, the phone cut out there. I didn't hear the rest of that question. I'm sorry. sorry. About that. No, we were just saying with the wing T, you know, being being that equalizer type offense when you've got that scheme and those athletes, it's it's really kind of tough on opponents. Well, you know, Coach Creasy is really a I guess a, a master at this, and and the wing T works because there are so many adaptations, you know, you, you, you play to your strengths and year in and year out their wing T looks different based on what talent they have. And, um, you know, uh, they always seem to get smart quarterback play. You know, the quarterback, uh, isn't necessarily the one that has to be the, the number one athlete, but smart quarterback play and, um, you know, keep those turnovers down and, and, you know, that with, with the, uh, number of kids that they have that can run the football. I mean, for, for Oakland to be a team this far into the season, uh, a lot of teams right now have kids that, you know, have 1,200, 1,300 yards. And, uh, you know, think of the banner kid over in, in Laverne. Well, Oakland has, you know, six kids that at any given moment can run the football. And, and Coach Creasy has uh, the um, confidence that, that they're going to get – the, the yardage that they need. And uh, Schlachter, uh, right now, when he's passing the football, got a 60% completion rate, you know, uh, 34 of 57. So that's that smart uh, smart play. They pass enough to keep that run game open and uh, do a good job with that. You know, when, when Jordan James is your number two running back, you're in a pretty good situation. But um, flipping it over for a second, this Riverdale team lost in their season opener to um, CPA in a game that was – hastily scheduled there with all of the COVID issues that were going on early and um, have not lost since. What are you seeing? What are you liking about that bunch right now? As you said, they've kind of been building to this season under um, Will Kreisky. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of uh, high hopes for for Riverdale coming in to this season and, uh, you know, got some uh, kids, especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, who uh, are are just – uh, again, uh, an angry bunch when they get there. Alex Mitchell, uh, Javon Nelson, Caleb Herring, Elijah Herring, uh, Zalen McKinney, all kind of um, leading the way there. That first game that you mentioned that was 
hastily scheduled, you, you know, uh, and it was a rain game on the first game of the year and kids really hadn't seen uh, play. You know, I, I'd like to see how that game might turn out, you know, if there had been a, a regular preseason and things of that nature. But um, Riverdale has definitely uh, put together a, a great run this year. The one, I guess, downside is uh, Jamison Holcomb in the Blackman win. He uh, played the first half and came out in the first half and um, with a with a broken finger as, as he was passing. He came down and hit the helmet, broke his pinky, and uh, has, has been out the last two games. But uh, sophomore Cade Hewitt has come in and, and, and adds a different dynamic because um, he's more of a, uh, a run first, pass second kind of a, a kid where Holcomb kind of could uh, sit back there and pick apart uh, the, the secondary. So, um, you know, a little bit different in the last couple of weeks, and I think Coach Kreisky has done a great job of, of making that maneuver in the middle of that Blackman game. Uh, you know, we wouldn't be talking about one versus five here had they not won that game. And if you recognize that name, Jamison Holcomb, that's, it's for good reason. His dad, Kelly, won a state championship down at Lincoln County back in 1990, went on to star at MTSU and um, got a lot of time in the NFL. I think he's now on that coaching staff over at Riverdale. Is that right, Brian? Yeah, he's the uh, offensive coordinator. He's been there for, for several years, and Kelly's daughter actually played on the state championship uh, uh, Riverdale Lady Warrior team and quarterbacking uh, at, uh, at Riverdale. So, yeah, Kelly's Kelly's got a little bit of football experience somewhere, despite oh. Lincoln County. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, um, besides this game, Brian, what are some other local games over there that, that you are kind of keeping an eye on? Well, you know, this is an interesting um, race down the, the stretch here in, in Region 36A. Uh, you've got uh, Riverdale and Oakland and Warren County all undefeated in, in the region, but you still have six of the uh, eight teams here kind of in contention for a playoff spot. Uh, some weird ties and things of that nature and uh, some outside shots for, uh, you know, like uh, a Rockvale and a Seagull, but they've got to win out. So I, th I think the last three weeks here are going to be very important. Uh, Warren County plays Riverdale and Oakland the next two weeks after this game tonight. So uh, I think we're going to hash out a lot here in the next three weeks uh, in Region 36A uh, for certain. And uh, we keep up with Smyrna and Laverne and Stewart's Creek, obviously, here as well in, in Region 56A. And uh, our, our Rutherford County teams are going to make the playoffs, but in what order? Is You know, you've got uh, Smyrna and uh, Stewart's Creek and Laverne with Cane Ridge in the mix. Uh, Stewart's Creek has a COVID win over Cane Ridge, and Smyrna beat Cane Ridge for the first time uh, since they've been in the region together. So I think you're going to have a new team win uh, over there, but how that all works out with COVID wins and how it counts and percentage, who knows. Um, and Eagleville. Eagleville plays Summertown on the road tonight, and, you know, it's uh, Floyd Walker has talked about, you know, this is playoff time. Um, for them to get into the playoffs, they're going to have to rattle off uh, three wins here, and that starts with, with Summertown tonight. So their playoff run has, has started at Eagleville if they want to make it in, and uh, hopefully this uh, fall break week allows for teams like Eagleville um, and, and others to heal up a little bit and make this last three-game push here to the playoffs. Yeah, one note on that Eagleville game is that they will be playing Summertown, who had one day of practice after coming off COVID. 
So they practiced, I guess, a walkthrough yesterday down in Summertown, and they'll play tonight. Yeah, you know, the great equalizer, I guess, in, in all of this has, <laughs> has been COVID. You know, sure. uh, Blackman dealt with that. You know, they didn't get to play Oakland. Um, thankfully for them and, and where it happened, I guess, a silver lining is that happened during uh, what the second game would have been fall break. So they didn't lose another game um, because they're in a position now with the losses to Riverdale and um, now the COVID loss. Uh, with with Oakland and a loss to Warren County that they're fighting to get into the playoffs here. So uh, it's it's important to stay healthy if you can. But this COVID thing has certainly been a a great equalizer for a lot of teams. Yeah, Blackman still has Rockville, Siegel, and Cookville left. And three winnable games for the Blaze, no no doubt. I think so. Um, You know, but we – Thought that against Warren County too, and look, look at, at what happened there. So, you never know, and you know another COVID situation, and and you know you, you've got a problem, and you know just kind of looking ahead to to playoffs, that's when that's when this COVID thing could be really big. I mean, there there is no tomorrow if you can't play on a Friday night during the playoffs. So, um, and, and I would say somewhere across the state that's going to happen. Uh, just don't know where and where it pops up. But, um, you know, these kids worked really hard to, to get to playoffs. And, you know, if they couldn't play, that that would just be so disappointing. So, um, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen. But we'll just have to wait and see, I guess, on that. It's time to remote learn your kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a lot of that in this county for sure. Visiting with Brian Barrett from WGNSAM 1450 over in Murfreesboro, which will be carrying the big matchup in Middle Tennessee tonight as number one Oakland travels to number four Riverdale in a huge Region 3 6A battle. And um, Brian, appreciate you spending a little time with us this morning. You know, glad to do it. Um, And, um, you know, do you have your crystal ball out? Have have you said anything about this game i have we we did not really touch on this ball game didn't consult with the crystal ball on this one but i i if i had to pick i think i would go with the um with the patriots on the road i just as you said earlier i just think they've got too many weapons too many people to account for on the offensive side of the ball yeah i mean you know that they have you know, it's they're the king of the mountain until somebody knocks them off. That's and like right. I said earlier, I think it's amazing. Coach Creasy hasn't lost a region game since he's been here. So, um, and and John and I, we do a coaches show every Saturday morning. We were talking about, you know, when when is the last time that we talked to Coach Creasy after a loss? And uh, it it doesn't happen. It doesn't <laughs> so, happen a whole lot. I tell you what, man, going over to Brentwood. And and obviously that's a game that was um, scheduled, scheduled late hastily. and that kind of thing. But it was it was late for both those teams to go over there and win thirty seven nothing against a team that is probably going to win that region over there in six six a when everything shakes out. You know that was if if you weren't taking Oakland particularly seriously, and I don't know why you wouldn't have been. That just had to really get anybody's attention that they didn't already have. Well, certainly. I mean, I, I think the team out of the West that's going to play in the Blue Cross Bowl is going to come from that area. Uh, I, I just it, – it's 
with, with Memphis not in the mix this year especially. So, you know, to be able to dominate in that game really kind of said a lot about that. And I know it's a long way to get to the Blue Cross Bowl, but um, that team to the east, uh, what, what's their name? Mar- Marable, I think. <laughs> you know, they're, they're always tough. But um, this is the year that uh, that team would uh, whoever comes out of there would travel here to middle tennessee so we'll we'll see what happens for sure we've got a long way to go to get there though that's right brian thanks so much for joining us we appreciate your time this morning and we appreciate everything that you do for high school sports in the mid-state area all right you bet i'm gonna go get a nap now (laughs) we're we're right behind you in about an hour and a half no question (laughs) y'all have a great day thanks brian you too Brian Barrett with WGNS out of Murfreesboro. He's got some pretty big matchups on the horizon tonight, including that Oakland-Riverdale game. And as he mentioned, Eagleville Summer Summertown, which is massive for us as well. Right. Rockville-Blackman, Warren County-Coffee County, they talked about. That's, that's going to be a big one, too, in that Region 3. And then Ravenwood-Smyrna is another. That's a big, that's a big matchup for the region six six a because it kind of gives you a little bit of a measuring stick as for those to, first for round those first games. round games mm-hmm. yep so all right when we come back we're going to be talking a little bit about what you can or where you can hear and um take in tonight's high school football coverage in the southern middle tennessee area and we'll Make sure we go over the football schedule as well. So we'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee, Bone and Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Once again... It is Friday, October 16th, 15 minutes to the top of the hour of 10 o'clock. And we have a full slate of high school football games on tap for you tonight. It is week nine of high school football season, and here's the best part. It took week nine to get here, but as mentioned yesterday, it is the first time this season that every school in southern middle Tennessee sports coverage area will play their intended scheduled opponent. And we're really excited about that. Like I said, full slate of games, including two massive Region 5-5A games, including Columbia Central at Page, which will have Mo in person, live, with full coverage on at MoPatton underscore sports. You can keep up with it there, or you can hear it on WKRM 103.7. On the call will be Lee Maddox and Clayton Harris. Also in Region 5, 5A, you'll have Summit. The Summit Spartans host 
The Shubbable Golden Eagles. <laughs> well Shubble. done. Well done. Shubble. Yeah, I learned that uh, first time I ever went there. <laughs> I, um, I, I found that out pretty quickly. So, <laughs> yes. So, Shubbable will travel to Summit. And that game can be heard right here on 101.7 FM with Mike Epley and Matt Rogers on the call. Pre-game starts about 6.45-ish. Other games from around our area? Other games from around our area. Um, a game we'll be keeping an eye on is, um, as we spoke in the last segment, Eagleville travels to Summertown in a big Region 5-2A game. Um, yeah, Region 5-2A game for both those teams as they both try to um, achieve playoff eligibility. Again, Summertown coming off a COVID pause, finally able to return to the practice field yesterday, just in time for this matchup. So, um, Summertown looking to snap a three-game losing streak in this one, including a pair of region losses. Eagleville comes in at two and five and one and two in region play. Another big game in Region Five One A has. Cornersville traveling to Richland. Um, Cornersville ranked number nine in the state in Class 1A, 5-2 overall, 1-2 in region play. Richland, which advanced to the state playoffs a year ago, trying to make a second straight trip and um, kind of needing a win here to help that cause. 2-4 overall, 1-1 one one in region play. Yes, big, big game for the Raiders. Also in action tonight, Independence. They host Dixon County at homecoming. You can hear that on the Dash 2 Sports Network, or you can find Independence High School Media on YouTube. That game will be broadcast live there. Dash 2 Sports is on the IHSTDC.com website. You can find the link. And then, of course, you'll have Tipton Rosemark, who comes over to Columbia Academy. That game will also be on the NFHS Network. That's the NFHS Network. You can find Columbia Academy, Tipton Rosemark, on that one. Uh, in Region 4-4A, Marshall County and Spring Hill will be matching up, and that game is also an NFHS Network event. So you can find that game there if you don't feel like getting out. If you do feel like getting out, be sure and dress accordingly Ooh, because – I think it's supposed to be mid-40s by the end of these ball games this evening. So um, even if it may not be particularly nippy early, it could be late. And it may be early. So look out for that. But again, Marshall County, Spring Hill. Marshall County ranked fourth in Class 4A. Spring Hill coming off back-to-back wins. One of those in region play. Um, and that one is, is available again on NFH. NFHS. Also in action tonight, we will we will have Mount Pleasant in year fifty homecoming. Their fiftieth homecoming. This is big. I mean, it's homecoming. It's senior night. It's Zion all rolled up into one. It's it's team fifty for Mount Pleasant. Um, School opened in 1970 uh, out of a merger between Haylong and Clark. And um, pretty interesting backstory to all this. And um, should have something up on 
you know, the fiftieth year. How would one find out about the backstory? Well, they Mo? could they could they can um, check on sm-tnsports.com. We um, intend to have something up on some of the backstory and some of the way year fifty has gone as well uh, later on today. In time to get you ready for kickoff in this one. Um, Mount Pleasant and Zion began this series last year with the Tigers traveling over to Zion, and so this is the return trip and and hopefully a rivalry that will continue into the future. I think both these fan bases really enjoyed that game last year, and it should be quite an entertaining matchup. Yes, and that game will be available on 1460 AM. If you're in Mount Pleasant, you want to hear? Is that on? Do you do you bring that on the whip around, JP? Uh, I will. I did last week. Uh, Mount Pleasant added them to the whip around, and certainly that will be one of many games tonight on our whip around coverage. Tell us about the whip around, JP. All right, on TriStarSportsRadio.com or TriStarFNL.com, beginning uh, just shy of seven o'clock. Really, we'll be on that stream beginning at six. But uh, after we go to our games uh, locally here. At 6.45 for Columbia and Summit in their broadcast, we stay on that stream. And once games kick off, we follow, uh, dip in and out of these games, uh, live broadcast, and do scoreboard updates throughout the night uh, as we go in and out. So it's a great way to kind of keep in touch. Uh, Those that may be familiar with the NFL Red Zone channel, it's basically a regional radio version of that for high school football. That's a pretty cool idea, and I'm glad that you came up with that because I listen to it. Like if I'm on the sideline, I, I'm I've got my AirPod in and I'm I'm listening for score updates because you know I want to tweet them out or whatever. So it's nice to have a place where I don't have to go search for those scores on Twitter or anywhere else. I can uh, I can listen in and sometimes you you get lucky and you hear a touchdown call. You, you can tweet that out. Oh, so and so just threw a touchdown pass to whatever, and it just it works out really cool. So. Whip around coverage on TriStarSportsLive.com? Uh, uh, TriStarFNL.com yeah. and TriStarSportsRadio.com. Radio, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, Mo, if you could pick a game anywhere in the state to go to tonight outside of southern middle Tennessee, where would you be? Well, the obvious. And don't cop out with the <laughs> Oakland River Dale. Well, that, that is the obvious answer. It really is. But I'll tell you, um... Absent that, since you put that off limits, I'm, I'm going to reach into um, our northern neighbor here as we spoke with um, Charles Pulliam back on Tuesday morning with the Williamson Herald. He, uh, he alluded to the, the oldest rivalry in Williamson County. Franklin goes to Brentwood, and while I expect Brentwood to take care of business in that ball game. The cliche is you throw the records out the, uh, out the window when these two teams meet. I'm not sure if that's necessarily the case, but I do think Franklin will make this an entertaining ball game. Is that throwing it out the uh, Mercedes window in William- northern Williamson County? Stop. <laughs> Stop. Stop it. Stop it. I will Low-hanging fruit, bro. I, I will not stand for Williamson County slander on these airwaves. <laughs> We love our, our we love and County, County. and I would love to have a Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to throw I'm, the record book out the window. I'd rather have a truck. Yeah. But you anyway. know what? Absolutely, it would be it would be it would be, um, you know, like Cat Williams. 
He said, we'll drive around the country, buy six nuggets, just eat three, throw the other three out the window because we got money like that. There you go. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly like that. Just like that. Just eat three nuggets, throw the other three out. We got money. You know... I didn't have an answer to this question. I always do that. I always you answer always questions. Do that. I always you ask, ask questions and then don't have an answer to it. But I did. I was kind of looking around, just basically, you know, trying to find who might be a a good option mm-hmm. for that. And the best one that I could come up with was Hardin County, Lexington. Those two teams, Hardin County is 7-0, Lexington 6-1 coming into the season, or coming into this game. Both teams 3-0 in the district and uh, obviously looking to take control of that district. Last year was a great ball game. Uh, Hardin County won 12-7, and Hardin County, uh, I'm sorry, Lexington leads the series 29-22. So, if I was going to find somewhere just to, to find a really competitive game that had something on the line outside of Oakland Riverdale, I think that would be um, that would be the one. I tell you, you could stay a little closer to home, but you would have to go through, across Nashville to get to it. And it must be a big night for county rivalries because Gallatin goes to Hendersonville tonight in what used to be really big. It's not as big now with Gallatin playing in 5A and Hendersonville playing in 6A. But still, big game for Sumner County bragging rights. Oldest rivalry up there again. And always interesting and intense. That should be a good one. Um, In a non-region game as well in Class 1A, perennial 1A power Gordonsville goes to Fayetteville which should be a nice measuring stick for the Tigers as they come down the stretch and get ready for postseason play. Speaking of, how about this one? How about McCauley and Father Ryan tonight in Division Two? Because that's going to be a really good ball game, especially with Father Ryan coming off a big win against Baylor, and they beat Ensworth. Ensworth, a big winner over Centennial last night. 40-17. to 17. Yeah, this Father Ryan team is... Pretty darn good. They, you know, and and to to speak further to that Father Ryan team that beat Baylor last week, last night Baylor beat Knoxville Catholic on a last second field goal, twenty to seventeen, and that Catholic team is a pretty good one as well. So Father Ryan under um, Brian Rector, former Centennial and Ravenwood coach, won a state championship at Ravenwood may have this Father Ryan team ready to make some noise in Division Two, Class 3A. Yeah, Macaulay coming all the way over here from Chattanooga, but I do love their nickname, the Blue Tornado. Just one. And one. I, I love it. Singular. One singular tornado. Well, isn't, isn't one tornado enough, though? Uh, yeah, it's plenty. <laughs> I've been through multiple at in the same day, and I don't want to deal with that ever again. So, yes. So, the tornado... Traveling west <laughs> to take on the fighting Irish. Get out of the path. At Father Father Ryan right there, just off of Interstate 65 on the south the southbound side of I-65, just out just inside the Nashville city limits. So there you go. that's gonna be a big one. Lots of great high school football tonight. If you want to check in again, we've got TriStar. 
Sports Radio coming to you at 5.30 with Murphy's Matchups. At 6 o'clock, it's going to be TriStar Friday Night Live with J.P. Plant, Coach Mike, and the boys. And we will be on that show. Uh, you are the boys, by the way. The we two are. of you <laughs> That's right. are those boys. That's true. That is very true. <laughs> and we will be making some additional picks tonight, I'm sure, on our show. So, yeah, on his show. he likes to throw some of those additional mm-hmm. picks at us. Yep. Yeah. Trust you on your toes, guys. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, coming up in the second hour, we've got Braves baseball and college football. Plenty of stuff to talk about. Stay tuned on the other side of this break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by The Rock Place, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years, specializing in orthopedic injuries. Their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Again, to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joints. Five minutes past the hour, 10 o'clock, and it's a great time to tell you that it is a beautiful day in Columbia, Tennessee. 52 degrees and sunny, and it's only going to be nicer as the day progresses. Chris, somebody call that a Chamber of Commerce yeah, type of Chamber day. Chamber of Commerce weather, folks. Yep. You know who would you know who would call it that? The Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> <laughs> Our friends over at the Chamber of Commerce uh, in Spring Hill, of which we are a member, like those folks over there, and Becca Melton and her football coaching husband Alex, who's the defensive coordinator for Summit. So, you know, this morning it's it, Wednesday when it came on this show. I said it was a beautiful day. And it wouldn't have mattered if it was 32 below zero and snowing because the Atlanta Braves were up 2-0 in the <laughs> NLCS. They then proceeded to get drilled in the first three innings of the, the ball game that night. So going into Thursday, to say that I was less than confident as a Braves fan as Clayton Kershaw took on Bryce Wilson... Who? A, guy, a guy who has made eight starts in the big leagues in his entire career. I uh, wasn't exactly, I don't know the word, um, prepared for. <laughs> he what, wasn't ready. Exactly. I wasn't ready. Yeah, exactly. I was not ready. As I, So, random Thursday night, as an aside for those who do not know, I moonlight as a wedding DJ, and we had a random wedding on, on a Thursday, Thursday night. night because the date was 10, 15, 20, and I assume it was easy to remember. <laughs> nice. Yes. 10, 15, 21, maybe not so much, but... Exactly. Okay. So, anyway. That being said, so I'm I'm sitting there, 
and I'm trying to pay attention to obviously the wedding because I'm working, but I know the Braves are playing. But you're in College Grove. But I'm in College Grove, where inside a barn with a metal roof. So service is less than stellar. <laughs> but was it a pole barn? Yes. It was not a pole it was barn. was not a pole it barn? It should have been. We need to do something uh, about that. Yeah, it was. It, so I'm, I, I, I texted Mo, and I was like, Mo, you got to keep me updated. Oh, boy. That's a friend. Did you? <laughs> and That is a true friend. At the time, it well, was Well, he knew I was to, watching. Yeah. Yeah, it was zero to zero. In the second inning, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, hey, what, what's the score? He's like, oh, it's 0-0 zero, zero in the second inning. Who's winning? Right. The Bears? And at the <laughs> – immediately after, <laughs> he texts me and goes, solo home run, Dodgers up, one nothing." I'm like, no more updates for me. <laughs> It was not the problem. It was not the it, problem. It wasn't a problem there, at all. And there was very little problem. Very because little that problem. solo home run was the only hit allowed by Bryce Wilson in six innings in his six eighth innings, major league start. 74 pitches against a team that has absolutely done nothing but work counts and get pitch counts sky high. Yep. Strike one, strike two. You know, get ahead, stay ahead. And that's pretty much what he did. And, you know, the offense – Delivered. Delivered big time. And so um, we feel a lot better this morning than we did yesterday morning. There's no question. As you know, Ozuna goes yard in the the bottom of the fourth to tie the game. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you're like, okay, I feel better. Bryce, he, he didn't come off the rails in that third inning when he very well could have. Uh, he got them out in the fourth inning. Comes back in the top of the fifth, gets him out again. We can't score, and that's okay. Comes back in the sixth inning, gets him out again. And then, in prime playoff Kershaw fashion, the sixth inning comes around, just as it did in the last series with the San Diego. Hashtag playoff Kershaw. A guy who is a first ballot Hall of Famer. But is also eleven and eleven in the playoffs, with like a four point eight two ERA or something. It's not like good. That. It happened, and that was it. It was a six run sixth inning on the backs of not just home runs. No, there were no. It it all started with um with Acuna beating out an infield hit. And that's how, and, that, and that's and how their and, first inning started. And scaring the mess out of every Braves fan nationally when he stumbled trying to beat it out and avoid a throw and landed on it, letting it landed awkwardly on his left wrist and came up holding it. And we're all holding our breath. Is he okay? And then he turns around and scores on Freeman's RBI double. So and nothing wrong with his feet. Yeah. And, and, Again, Freddie Freeman coming through in the clutch as we have needed for a long time from Freddie Freeman. This is a guy who, at this point, I don't think there's any question he's the National League MVP. Even though it's an, it's a regular season award, mm-hmm. I definitely think the playoff impli- the, the playoff impact that he has had certainly will play into voters' heads. 
Well, I'm not sure when the voting does or has taken place, but yeah, it is a regular season award. But you know, he he has certainly performed the way you need your MVP candidate to perform. As I texted someone at some point earlier this week, as both of our MVP candidates have performed. You know, Marcelo Zuna, who, folks, I pay that man. I would not be upset <laughs> if there were co-MVPs and it was Marcelo Zuna and Freddie Freeman. <laughs> and, and you know, this this season and this postseason have brought up a question, and you and I talked a little bit about it off air before we came on. There is a growing sentiment that the Braves need to re-sign Marcelo Zuna, who was on a one-year deal this year. And uh, to be honest, you could walk up to his hotel room right now, lay down a napkin, and say, just write down a number. Give me a number. But. 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 It's not that simple. It it isn't that simple because with everything that's going on this year and with all of the adaptations to baseball this year, you may or may not have noticed that there is a designated hitter for all of baseball, including the National League, including the Atlanta Braves. And that is a position that best fits Marcelo Zuna. You know, I want to pull up short of calling him a defensive liability, but, you know, if he's in left field and the ball is hit to left field, you're thinking double out of the box, regardless of where it is. Just because... His arm strength isn't there. So, can you put multi-years into a guy when you really don't know what position he's going to be able to play for you? That's correct. That being said, it's left field. So, most runners aren't going to try for that double. They're definitely not going to stretch first to third and try to and, and end up getting out at third base and, and, and risk that. I know it's Marceau. I, I get it. His arm strength isn't there. But he more than makes up <laughs> offensively. This is where you're going to apply plus minus, huh? That's, and that's the thing. I think you have to understand his defensive run saved may not be there. Obviously, they're not going to be. But his offensive production is so big, you obviously have you can't re-sign Nick Markakis. Nick Markakis has to go. You say that. At this point, he's got to go. <laughs> and you have Drew Waters waiting, which is the problem. This is the issue, is are you just going to let Drew Waters sit in your minor league system another year or two for Marcelo Zuna, who does not play defensively nearly as well as Waters will just for his offensive output. And I think it's, it's really difficult because you have to, you have to make that decision. And is that, that's the decision. I don't think it has anything to do with, with his arm strength or, or anything. I think the decision is Drew Waters is Drew Waters is Waters coming. If he's not, then you sign Ozuna. I'll tell you what, that, that Waters, Pache, Oz, uh, Acuna, Acuna outfield is something that we've heard a lot about for 
quite some time. You know, I'm ready for Pache it. Pache has definitely forced their hand on that one. Yeah, this uh, has I been can't a big see, series for him. I can't see any scenario that he is not your starting center fielder next year. And you know Acuna is going to be in right field. It's just who, who's going to play left field? Duvall is going to be on the team, I think. I, I wonder if Duvall kind of becomes that Marcakis-type piece right. next and year. platooning to – or could Ozuna be the guy? Could Ozuna be the guy that you platoon with a Drew Waters and just give him – the you've got a bat on the on, on the bench at any time that can go deep, okay. So he gives you a different option there too. I'm just not sure you can put the money that Ozuna is going to demand and not into a platoon not, player. Yeah, into a platoon player, and not that he's going to demand, but that his performance has Correct. dictated. Yeah, but a lot of people, well, they a lot of people realize this in the, in the Atlanta fan base. There have been multiple instances of baseball players choosing to stay in Atlanta over bigger contracts elsewhere because once they get here and the reception that they get is special. Now, unfortunately, Ozuna hasn't had an opportunity to fully be engulfed into the Atlanta Braves fans' hearts because he, he they haven't been there because they haven't played in front of fans but he's got to see it he has to to see if he's on twitter he if sees he, it if he's on social media at all <laughs> he sees it so i don't know before we get too far gone i want to talk about tonight's game five because it's going to be a mess <laughs> um potentially yeah, we we still don't know who's starting. Well, yeah, pitcher. that's what that's what I was getting. Ready we to. still don't know who's the starting pitcher. If you were Brian Snitker, who would you? You asking me? Yep. Well, before he came out of the bullpen last night, I probably would have said Tyler Matzik. At this point, um, yeah. <laughs> I think Kyle Wright is going to see the mound at some point tonight. I think he's got to be your starter. And we talked about this. I mean, I he's think got he, to be on a he's got to be on a terribly terribly short leash because you know, just from a confidence standpoint as much as anything else, regardless of what happens with him tonight, you're going to need him at some point, whether it be in the next series or whether it be next year or whatever it is. I mean, this guy really made a lot of improvements this season, and I kind of think you want to get the da- the taste of that game three out of his mouth That's as right. quickly as you can. And, and what better time to do it than in a game where it's it's not a throwaway, but it's a throwaway. Like yeah, you can you can be a little lenient yeah. in this game. You you have to win one game out of the next. Three, and you've got Max Fried and Ian Anderson both sitting and waiting. Sitting waiting. Now, do you want to win Game Five? Absolutely, because the World Series starts on Tuesday, and that means you get Max Fried and Ian Anderson in Game One and Two. So it would be great. I think there are several options. Even Inoa is still an option. I don't know that he can throw more than two innings, but he'd be a great opener. I'll tell you who's not an option. Josh Tomlin. Josh is not Tomlin's an not an option. 
I agree. And and this is a guy who really threw well over the regular season, gave you some big innings, gave you some big performances. Josh Tomlin is not an option. All right, so here is what here here's where we stand right now with relievers. Relievers with two days rest are Darren O'Day, AJ Minner, Josh Tomlin, and Mark Melanson. Melanson's not throwing. Well, not in, not unless it's a save situation. Right. One day of rest is Grant Dayton. Grant Dayton's not an option. <laughs> I mean, Grant Dayton could be an option. He really. He came in behind. He was the first reliever in game three. And I know. he. I mean, I, I, I could have sworn I saw him carrying a gas can when he came out of the bullpen. <laughs> he just threw it all on the fire. He threw water on a grease fire so quick. Yeah. But I still think he's an option for an inning, potentially. Got to get through. And Noah has one day rest, and Jacob Webb has one day rest, who is your other option. Mm-hmm. That's You can't go with Will Smith, Martin. No, you cannot go with Will Smith. Will Smith is not an option either. Let, yeah. let, me, let me just say, why couldn't we have gotten the Independence Day Will Smith instead of the Fresh Prince of Bella Will Smith? <laughs> Completely different, guys. I mean, and this is a guy we signed for a big deal. Yeah. And he was supposed to be the piece. And again, on the whole, he's been, eh. But that performance last night when we should have run Wilson back out to at least start the seventh. I hate that you were right about that, by the way. <laughs> you and Nick Patterson. Uh, I hate that you were right. Because he, I was like, no, man, he just let the pin do their thing. And he's like, I'd probably run him out. Now, in my defense, I didn't know that, that Wilson had only thrown 74 pitches to that point. I figured in the sixth inning against the Dodgers, he's probably at 105. <laughs> yeah, because you couldn't really watch the I game. I couldn't watch the game. So, but, anyway. I, I just felt like with the success that he had had to that point and with the fact that today is clearly a bullpen day, any arms that you could save, save them. It's also potentially a bull. I mean, not a bullpen day, but Dustin May is a guy who comes out of the bullpen for the Dodgers more often than not. Right. So game five, who knows? the The Los Angeles Dodgers, after going down three one, they've they've gone down three one in ten series in their history. They've never even forced a game seven, and only twice have they won game five. I like those numbers. And here's my favorite but, part: n- n- Mookie Betts was on none of those teams. Well, I I bet you. That Joe DiMaggio and some others were. No, no, DiMaggio didn't play for the Dodgers. I, I, I missed you. What, what, yeah, what, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Some folks who were just as good as Mookie Betts, if not better, I, Mookie's were pretty, on those teams. Mookie's pretty dang good. Okay, but you're talking about Dodgers Hall of Famers here. Yeah, it's, it's a historic type deal there, but. I just I feel about this Dodgers team kind of like I have felt for a long time about the St. Louis Cardinals. Until they're dead, they're still a threat. They're a big threat to this team, for sure. Uh, that That's the thing is, do we know how to win? Do we know how to put the series away? At what point? And and with the number of young guys that you're dealing with, I mean, again, the young guys in the rotation, you've, you've got a lot of youth in the bullpen. You're talking about Acuna and Albies and Swanson and some of those young guys in the in the batting order. 
That's a good question. Do we know how to close it out? You know, are we afraid of success? I don't think we're afraid of success. I just don't know. Do I just don't know that we know how to close it out. Not that it matters. We still don't know who the starting pitcher is for tonight. We do know that um, that the Dodgers will be throwing Dustin May, Carrot Top, God. Uh, on the mound. and he, He's an he odd-looking individual. He pitched well against us in game one. or Yeah, game one or game two. He pitched, mm-hmm. he pitched well against us in game one or two. So there's that. The game is at 8 o'clock tonight, 8 o'clock Central, 8.08 first pitch. That means it's 9.08 in Eastern time, and mm-hmm. that's unfortunate for anyone who is in Eastern time, who is a fan of the Atlanta Braves, and they live in Eastern time. You know, the folks in Atlanta. In Atlanta, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Friday night. But it's, it's 6.08 Pacific time, so it works for the Dodger fans, I guess, which I guess is all that matters. That's all that matters to them, folks. I'm just saying. It, I, it'll uh, be interesting to see what the start times are if it happens to be Atlanta and Tampa Bay in the World Series. We're just going to play day games? I mean, I'm okay Those with that. Those will probably be set already I mean, for the national audience. Well, probably all 7 o'clock yeah. Central. Uh, probably 8 Eastern. 8 Eastern, 7 or, Central. Or 8.30. Could be 9 Eastern. It could be that 9 Eastern time. Highly doubtful. That's too late. Saying that's it uh, with no other game, particularly with no other games going right. on. They're, what they're going to do though is try to to bring in the entire country as best they can. Why? Well, well not nine because e- that's what they do. I don't know that nine Eastern brings in the whole country, or it doesn't keep the whole country because I mean the way these games are going. I think last night was three forty two, and that was the shortest of the series so far. So I mean, if you're talking a nine oh eight start, what's that? That's that's after Here's the twelve. Thing. Why, if it's the well Bra- after twelve, if it's the Rays and the Braves, why did we even play the rest of the <laughs> the, the major league season? We could have just played the AL and NL East seasons and and, and advance done this pretty quickly. Yeah, Adv- advance your top teams straight to the World Series. There you go. <laughs> Saved a lot of arms and a lot of angst. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about college football. Full slate of SEC games this week. Kind of, sort of, not really. Um, (laughs) Tell you about the games that are still being played, the ones that will not be played, and the caveats in those that will be played. So plenty to talk about when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. 
Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It's 31, 10, 31 in the morning on Friday, October 16th, here in cool Columbia, Tennessee. Really a, probably the, um, biggest Friday that we've had to this point because we finally get some clarity on some playoff positions after tonight. Really excited about that uh, in high school sports. But in college sports, it's uh, it's it's going to be a little bit different. This is the last college football Saturday without the Big Ten. The Big Ten returns next week. So There goes the neighborhood. There goes the neighborhood. Um, tomorrow, five SEC games will be played. The CBS game has been moved to 7 o'clock Central Time. Curious about that, but whatever. Teams that will not be playing this week, LSU-Florida. That game has been... Probably, I guess that one's going to be canceled. I know that they rescheduled Missouri and Vanderbilt for the weekend of the SEC championship game, but highly unlikely that you can just put Florida in a scheduled position that day, right? Right now, they've got to be among the, the three favorites to win the East. You would think at this point. So, unless the SEC knows something, we don't. Or they could move it back. I mean, the if, you've got, title game? if you've got to get that game in to determine the champion, you might have to. I mean, they've already moved it back. Uh, there's, you know. Well, I mean, we could just, you know, cancel Florida's game with Vandy. No, oh, stop it. <laughs> man. Man, it's brutal in here, man. It's brutal in here for, for Vandy fans. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, though. I, I don't really know what to tell you because I don't know how that's going to work. I'm really excited about it, but. Auburn travels to South Carolina. That's an 11 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. Tennessee hosting Kentucky. That's another 11 o'clock kickoff. That's on SEC Network. The 2.30 SEC Network game is going to be Ole Miss at Arkansas, which is now surprisingly a an interesting matchup after the last couple of weeks. Uh, Texas A&M travels over to Mississippi State. They play at 3 o'clock on ESPN. And then Georgia-Alabama, the 7 o'clock CBS game. Number two, Alabama hosting number three, Georgia. And really excited to hear how that goes because Nick Saban at this point is still in COVID-19 quarantine. So I don't know how that's going to work out. It should be fun, though. Should be interesting. Um, You know, we were talking earlier this week about the fact that Nick Saban had never lost a game to one of his assistants. And... um, what the coaching record will be, how that'll be handled with him possibly not actually coaching in this game. I think we got some clarity on that in the last 24 hours. I think this will actually be Saban's result. So, for whatever that's worth. So, the LSU game has been, the LSU-Florida game has been rescheduled for December 12th. That's that's not SEC Championship game weekend. SEC Championship is December 19th. Oh, okay. Well, that's when Missouri so Vanderbilt when Missouri, is as well. That's correct. So, so we got some misinformation. I think they gave them I, I think they 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 built that extra weekend just in right. case yep. and that makes sense. 
Good job, SEC schedulers. Uh, Greg Sankey getting it done down in Birmingham. Well, it's not like he's got anything else to do down there. <clears throat> and that's not a slide on Birmingham, but it's a slide on Birmingham. <laughs> I'm not trying to be ugly or anything. I mean, I'm from the area. I love, I love Birmingham, but, you know, there's just... I say there's not much to do. Over where he's at, they're building a football stadium. They've got a top golf. They've got plenty of restaurants and a new hotel, a new Weston Hotel there, everything. Birmingham on a come up, huh? Hey, I'm telling you, ever since Regions Park, man, or Regions Field, whatever, mm-hmm. downtown, it's it's been, it's been really awesome with UAB as well. So let's talk about this Georgia-Alabama game because that's the game that everybody wants to talk about, right? Where? We talked about last week how SEC defenses have been nothing short of atrocious across the board except this Georgia team. And what they did to this Tennessee rushing offense, which is pretty good, by the way, is not something to to laugh at. This is a, a really good Georgia football team, a team that very well could go into Bryant-Denny and win. You know, I've heard people say that this might be the best Georgia team they've seen in quite some time. And, and I watched the large majority of that Tennessee game Saturday. Um, I, I wasn't sure necessarily if Georgia was just that good, if Tennessee was that bad, or, or and I'm thinking somewhere in the middle lies the truth, but they were awfully impressive on both sides of the ball. I mean, Stetson Bennett, to be their third option at quarterback, has has really done a pretty good job for them, I think. Yeah, he won the Manning uh, Quarterback of the Week award this week, so yeah, no big deal. No big deal. NBD. Yeah, um, and like you said, defensively, they, that front seven in particular, is um, they, they've got a lot of talent up there, and they held UT to what? One yard rushing, minus one yard, something like that. It it was um, submarine levels. It was br- brutal. Yeah, and I mean, you're talking about Eric Gray, Ty Chandler. You're talking about a pretty pretty good one two punch at running back there. Now you, you got you got bad JG in the second half of that game, and and that kind of made because a of the rushing. Yes, it's uh, yes. You know, if if you're going to give him that pass, that's fine. I mean, it's a pretty good. You can't, you can't, you can't tell ju- me. But you can't just say, "Man, they're really good on defense," so I'm going to go out here and suck. You still got to figure out a way to make plays. I understand. Or, or you're not going to beat anybody that you're not supposed to. But beat. if they can, but if they can sit five people in the backfield and still get pressure on you, and still stop your run, and they could put five and six people in the back. It's just like stacking the box and putting eight in the box against a team that doesn't throw the ball well. It's the same thing. You you can't expect your guys to get open when there are six guys in the defensive backfield on every play and you're getting hit. It's You, you can't do it. It's not – I mean, at this level, Tennessee struggled on offensive line, and our boy Ray <laughs> – what do you say, Ray? What do you say, Ray, over at Peak Pools and Spa? He told us, looked like Cade Mays might have thrown a football game on Friday, on Saturday. I don't know about throwing it, but he sure didn't look very good. Uh, Colin Turnstile, huh? I mean, uh, Mr. Watchout. Yeah. 
They had a tough day, and it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back against Kentucky. But, you know, to bring the focus back back to Georgia, Alabama, they were pretty salty. They are pretty salty on defense, and it'll be interesting to see how they match up against Alabama at Bryant-Denny, like you said. And potentially without Nick Saban. I mean, if Nick Saban's not there, how? Then Steve Sarkeesian becomes. Steve Sarkeesian becomes your head coach. Yeah. Here's a note on that, by the way. I was just looking at this to to try to find a little clarity on the situation. Um, Yahoo Sports this morning, according to the NCAA rules, the only communication can happen from the press box to the field. So Saban was isolating in a suite in the press box, it'd be no big deal. But since he's going to be completely off-site, which I don't think he can be on-site because of COVID, so and if he cannot be in a suite in the press box, then he cannot have direct communication to the field during the game. And so he cannot have direct communication to the field. Can he have direct communication to the press box? Now, that's it does yeah. not say. That is a different question. That was a poorly written rule, if that's the rule. I, I guarantee you that Alabama will have full clarity and understanding of that rule and there's nothing by to, kickoff tomorrow and, night. And there's nothing to say that he can't text his coaches, right? I mean, can't. If Saban's watching the game and he can text a coach and say, hey, he needs to be doing this get, instead. Get, get out of that. <laughs> now, yeah. the the real-time coaching, which is really what this says, there's no real-time coaching off-site. Mm-hmm. So anything, any communication that he would be able to do from off-site, which may be, quote, legal, uh, whether by phone to the press box or texting, whatever, will all be done basically after the fact. Yeah, it'll be big picture stuff yeah, more than so. reactive. Either way, I don't think he's. I don't think he can have communication. I think that the intent of the rule is no communication because they don't want you re- listening to the broadcast at yeah. home and getting tidbits of information or whatever. To which my question is: If you are a head coach of a major college football team, is there anything that Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson can tell you that you don't already know? Where, where do you think they get their information? That's so I, I just don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, you do. What I what, <laughs> what I do know is that the intent of the rule is for there to know not to be any not to be any cheating additional yeah options for inter, for information. So whatever any any unfair advantage unfair advantage yeah and. and I don't know how unfair it would be, but it, I just don't know. Anyway, Alabama, Georgia. Yeah. 7 he, o'clock. He's off. not going to be there. No, he's not going to be on site. He's not I, going to be coaching, and Butch Jones may get a spot on the sideline this week. Who knows? Ooh. I think he's going to be carrying the uh, the turnover trash can around. That's um, <laughs> That's one more thing in Georgia's favor, I dare say. <laughs> No question. All right, when we come back, we're going to keep talking a little bit about SEC football. Plenty to talk about on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee, Bone and Joe.
When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back into the final segment of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It is 14 minutes to the top of the hour here. Again, beautiful day here in cool Columbia, Tennessee. Got some, again, SEC football. Ole Miss-Arkansas, that game is now really intriguing. Well, I mean, any game involving Layden Kiffin is going to be intriguing anyway. There's that. But you know the way this the way this Ole Miss team is played and Sam Pittman is pushing all the right buttons over at Arkansas at this point. I mean, honestly, anybody see this coming? Anybody no. see Arkansas doing anything other than going winless in the SEC this year? I don't. I mean, I don't know what reason you would have had to think otherwise. That's the, I mean, that's my question is, at what point did you go, okay, this is, I mean, as it stands right now, Arkansas via the ESPN FPI is predicted to win this game over Ole Miss. I don't even know what to say to that. With Felipe Franks at quarterback. A guy who couldn't get it done at Florida. I didn't even realize he was there until I saw some tweet about him throwing a touchdown pass or something like that. I'm like, so that's where he went? I think, did he play junior college ball anywhere uh, for a year or no? Did he? I don't know. I, he just kind of He just kind of fell, um, fell off the radar after things went the way they did down at Florida. I, I, and I don't know. I just I don't know where he went. Uh, I guess he went straight from from Arkansas. Florida to Arkansas, from what I understand. They've got a pretty strong class of kids. I mean, this is this is an offense that that can beat you, and we know that Ole Miss defense is not very good. So the thing is, their offense is. As good as anybody. Yeah, I mean, they put up 35 on Florida in the opening week. And they can score. By the way, the note on Felipe Franks, uh, January, he announced that he was transferring from Florida to Arkansas as a graduate transfer. Oh, that's, that's why he's eligible oh, yeah, this year. That's what I was wondering about. That because, makes sense. Um, yeah. That does make sense because I mean the same, the same holdup that Cade Mays had going from Tennessee to Georgia, I would have expected to have been in place for Franks if he had gone directly from Florida to Arkansas. But if he went as a graduate uh, graduate transfer, then that kind of clarifies that. Yeah. So Arkansas got robbed against Auburn. Just gonna throw that out there because Bo Bo Nix definitely threw he spiked the ball backwards. 
Definitely did that. Which is a lateral then, right? That's a lateral. And a fumble. And a fumble, which was recovered by Arkansas. Instead, they blew it dead when he spiked the ball. You know, it's funny. When I covered Vanderbilt, uh, there were there were these letters that would come out of the SEC office on Monday or Tuesday morning basically saying, sorry, we screwed up. Yep. Which does nothing for you in the standings, but, you know, at least they're acknowledging it. <laughs> So I, I wonder I wonder if Sam Pittman got one of those infamous letters this week from from the SEC office. Sorry we screwed up. My guess is he my, absolutely did. <laughs> hashtag my bad. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's that's really where you're at. So uh you know, this is a this is a team they don't run they don't run for a whole lot. Arkansas does not. They you know, they don't run the ball great, but Franks has been kind of their catalyst, their their go to guy. So I'm curious to see how that one ends up. I expect Ole Miss will win this one by two or three touchdowns. I but just, that's just feel, me. like I said, that Ole Miss offense is just really dynamic. No shock under Lane Kiffin. but No shock but, at all. You know, he's – this guy's like the quarterback whisperer. When you, when you think about some of the quarterbacks that he has fixed going back to his days at UT, and now um, Matt Corral, Corral, who couldn't get on the field last year for Ole Miss – is not just a SEC starter, but probably one of the top among the top half of the league starters right now. Oh, there's there's no question. Uh, I mean, on we all thought John Reese Plum, John Rice Plumley, sorry, mm-hmm. Rice in Mississippi, Reese in Philadelphia. <laughs> that that gets me every time. It's a north-south thing, apparently. I don't really know. Clearly, um, but if we're, I mean, if we're really being honest here, Lane Kiffin has been a an absolute just miracle worker for some teams, including the University of Alabama, who won a national championship under him. Yeah, and and who was who was the first hit the first quarterback that he worked with down there, Jacob. I can't remember his last name. I can't either. But you, they, that, you, that's the point. You, but yeah, you made mention of it earlier this week. I mean, Coker, Jake yeah. Coker. I mean, Jake Coker won a national championship because Lane Kiffin is a genius. That's just the bottom line. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the uh, the matchup over in Knoxville this week because. It, Tennessee coming off a, a very difficult loss and and not playing well in the second half. Obviously, I think they had negative one total yard in the second half. Mm-hmm. Just not a great night for Tennessee. This is a Kentucky team that comes in. At, I, they they were you know Teddy Wilson kind of dual threat quarterback, but not a great passer. So you can kind of focus on just keeping him contained mm-hmm. in the pocket. If you can force him to stay in the pocket, you got a good chance to win. Oh yeah, you've got to keep him contained. But um and and you know, when it breaks down is when he's probably at his most dangerous. And so you know, kinda kinda forming that forming that pocket for him as much as anything and, and making him stay there in the middle of the field, knowing where he's gonna be is is the biggest thing a defense can do. Yeah, no question. Here, here's a he, wild stat: <laughs> two points last week. Two points. <laughs> Twenty. 
They lost to Mississippi State twenty-one to two. Twenty-four to two. Twenty-four to two. Um, I don't. Would you? I would almost rather be shut out than have a two on my side. <laughs> right. That's a good question. Two's uh, tough. Like I, I would almost rather be just you know just give me the zero. Just don't even record this the safety. I don't know. It gives the defense they scored more than the offense. That's my point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's not supposed to be like that. They're scoring twenty six points a game, but they've lost to Auburn. Uh, and the reason they're scoring 26 points a game is because they, they played Ole Miss in overtime and scored 41 points. Uh, scored 13 at Auburn, although it should have been 20. They had the ball at the one-yard line and decided to give Teddy Wilson the ball and throw it, which was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but that being said, Mark Stoops has done a great job with this program, and I'm – you know I, I'm interested in this game. I think Tennessee should win, but I'm not going to go out on a limb and say they absolutely will, but Tennessee should definitely win this game. To watch this Tennessee team coming off of, again, what they did last week is is going to be intriguing just to see how they bounce back from that. I expect you will see a big day from Ty Chandler and this running back core because they want to prove something. And this is the time to prove it if you are Tennessee. I mean, you've got a chance to go in here. One of your bigger rivals, obviously. It's it's a it's a definitely a game that you want to to establish dominance early and go ahead and, and put this one away. Is this really a, a rival though? Oh, I mean yeah. it, it it's as much of a rival yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, you know, I hear UT fans say and Coach Fulmer said this when Pruitt was hired, that you're judged at Tennessee football by three games. You are. Alabama, Florida, Georgia? Yes. They're not – I'm not saying that if he wins this game, it's going to save his job in a in most years. What And, and beating Kentucky is not that big of a deal. I tell you but what. But it's a beating, big deal. Beating Kentucky won't necessarily save your job, but losing It'll to lose Kentucky it. will lose your job. Exactly. It's like and, Vanderbilt. Yeah. It's kind of the same – they're in They're that same mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a rivalry because it's Kentucky but i don't know i expect Ty Chandler Eric Gray to have big days and i feel like this is going to be a big win for the Vols in other SEC games what i guess the only other one we haven't talked about is Auburn South Carolina and Texas A&M Mississippi State Texas A&M gets a big win over Florida and i must say i i one i have no idea <laughs> how that happened because this Texas A&M team again is not very good but they're going to win against Mississippi State because Mississippi State is worse and what's crazy is they opened the season with that big win over LSU at Baton Rouge and we thought okay here we go here we go Mike Leach jump on the pirate ship yeah um now all of a sudden I'm not so sure and I don't know and I guess that's we don't know what to make of LSU at this point. So we no idea. Certainly don't know what to make of Mississippi State, but yeah, because Texas, Arkansas's not bad. Yeah. So that's how we we can't judge because Arkansas ain't bad. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right about Texas A&M going to Starkville and getting the win this weekend. South Carolina will also beat Auburn. Yeah, you heard me. I heard you. Auburn's not very good either, folks. I don't, in case I don't think weren't. I don't think South Carolina's very good. Oh, they're though. not. They're not, but Auburn should have lost to Arkansas. 
should have probably not beaten Kentucky. Right. I mean, they they score there at the end of the half, and it's it's could be a completely different ball game. I just, I don't know. South Carolina is pretty bad. Yeah. But still, okay. It's Will Muschamp against Bo Nix, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> we can't let college football talk end without talking about the one-game win streak that the Tennessee State Blue Raiders are on. It's not on. a streak until there's three. Well, we're, we're taking it where it comes. They um, they went down to Florida International this past weekend and, and got a 31-28 win. They play tomorrow at 4 o'clock at Johnny Red Floyd Stadium against visiting North Texas, which has also only won one game. So... Um, We'll see how that one goes in Conference USA play, and we will talk about it on Monday with the voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters. All right. Tennessee Vols, Kentucky, right here on or on WKRM 1037. Coverage starting at 930 in the morning. According to Hey Coach last night, Nick Saban did get a negative test yesterday. That's good. So a negative test today and one tomorrow. And Alabama, by the way, here on 101, beginning right. at 4 on Saturday. There you go. Three-hour pregame. Yes. Gotta love it. Eli Gold. That's the way the tide do it. The voice. The golden pipes <laughs> of Tuscaloosa. All right, we'll be back on Monday, 9 o'clock, on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay cool, Columbia. <laughs>